Welcome to Damage Assessment, a podcast and interview series where we dive into some of the trending topics in the digital frontier of gaming and advertising guided by experts in our space. The goal of these podcasts is to inform listeners on unique business opportunities and how to stand out in the white hot space of advertising, gaming, and beyond so that your brand can do it right. Hey everyone, welcome to Damage Assessment. This episode, I'm joined by Luke Duchesne, the head of brand marketing for Behavior Interactive. And a little backstory on Behavior, they are the largest independent game developer in Canada, and they're currently celebrating their 30th anniversary, and they're known for their iconic multiplayer survival title, Dead by Daylight, and other games including Fallout, Shelter. Luke, thank you so much for joining us for our Damage Assessment podcast. Really looking forward to chatting. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so introduce, let's just tell everybody who you are. Introduce yourself, including your roles and responsibilities at Behavior. Good, so my name is Luke Duchesne, as you mentioned. I've been working in the gaming industry. I think I got my first job in 1995 or 1996 in the gaming industry, working for a promotional company for Nintendo, worked on the virtual board for- You're whoever. aging yourself, Luke. I know, I know, but it's, it's the truth. There's nothing I can do. I cannot hide it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I work on Virtual Boy. I, first job, I was doing the Mario mascot in a theme park. It was very funny. Uh, then I spent a good chunk of my career at Gimo Corporation and Ubisoft, where I worked from like marketing assistant to executive director of marketing for all Canadian studios. And since January of 2021, I joined Behavior Interactive as head of brand marketing. And since May of this year, I now oversee all the brand teams, Marcom, and the creative marketing teams. So it's a team of over 70 people where we work on all of our brands. So yes, Dead by Delight, that everybody knows, but also Meet Your Maker, which was announced recently, Project S, uh, Flippin' Misfits, and a lot of other games that are not announced that will be released in a couple of years. All right, I love it. All right, so jumping into it, the first time I, I, I saw you speak, and which is why I, I, we had to have you for our Damage Assessment Podcast, you spoke at the Pocket Gamer Conference in Toronto in early July this year, so last month. And one of the things I took away um, from it was your passion for marketing games, and that it should be left to game marketing experts versus game designer experts, just as game design should be left to game designers and not, not marketing folks. What important role does does marketing play in your opinion in the success of a game launch and and its continued life but i think the success of 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 marketing and game is starts way before the launch actually and i think it's it's one thing that i i've been trying to change for a very long time and wherever i work like we managed to change that and have marketing involved early on in the process because the, the thing i don't want to happen is a team working on a game and ending you over a final product and say sell that for me, marketing can do much more. They can bring insight, consumer insight, market insight, knowledge to the team. And while they are developing the game, the game is made to make sure it's appealing to a public, to an audience. Because if I look like 20 years ago, before I was aging myself, but 20 years ago, all game developers or about were the same age as I am. So we're in our 20s. So we're very core to the gaming audience. So we were making games for ourselves. Now, I am late 40s. I have a 16-year-old daughter. Now we are making games for their generation, for my daughter's generation. So I don't have the same interest as they do. 
So it's important to be able to bring that knowledge within game development. So that is why it is critical for me to have marketing involved very, very early on. And this all the way to development. So when we announce the game, we manage to know exactly the in and out of the game. So the marketing campaign we are going to deliver are going to be through to the experience that the players will have when they play our game. And then in the continuity, when it's a game as a service, then it's to build that relationship with the audience and also to release the new content. So it's very important. And that behavior right now, the way it's organized, like I have daily meetings with my colleagues of creative or production, product, partnership, and technology. So we are all working together towards achieving the same goal at the end. So for me, it's very, very important to have marketing early on. And sometimes it's difficult for people to accept that because I don't code, I don't design, I don't draw. So they would prefer to have an artist instead of a marketer. But in my opinion, if you don't look at marketing in the market early on, you're setting yourself for a more challenging launch. Sure. And, and you know, the creatives are, are passionate individuals. That's why they, they went the creative route. And, and I, I get it and you get it that they want to keep true to the identity. But yeah, I mean, this is this isn't 20 years ago in 2002 where there were a lot of games, but it was nowhere near the games that it is right now. Right. The competitive landscape has exploded. So mm-hmm. you need those insights. Not only this, it's if you go like 20 years ago, there were no social media. Mm. You had IGN, you had GameSpot. G4. And, yeah. And game trailers. And that was a that's a couple of print magazine. Right. 20 years later, people stream, you have influencers, yeah. So the, the landscape changed a lot. And and from what I saw, gamers, they have a good BS meter now. They can see through your game quite fast. Back in the days, you could save a bad game with an expensive marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. We're throwing money at it, TV ads. Mom and dad were going into the shop. They were buying games for their kids at Christmas. You could save it. Right. Now, like I remember meeting a movie exec over 10 years ago when I worked on Avatar. I worked on the Avatar game. And they had a formula in, in movie where if you were making, let's say, I don't remember the exact formula, it was something along those lines of if you make X dollars on Friday, was 2X on Saturday and I think 0.75 on Sunday, something like that. Okay. So they knew after their Friday how much success they would have during their weekend. Social media blew that out of the water because you walk out of there, this movie sucks. Right. If my friends tells me the movie sucks, I'm not going to see it. So same thing for us. If people will rely on their friend's recommendation and they have it on Facebook, on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very important. It's not the same world that it was before. Oh, no. And it makes your life a lot more challenging. Um, and that's why it's so important to get in on the infancy stage in the development. And that makes perfect sense to me. Um, okay, so let's let's go down this road. Um, I'd love to hear an example. Can you can you describe one of the most exciting marketing activations you've been involved with, either at Behavior, where you've been for the past year, or or Ubisoft, where you were for the 16 years before then? I, I think one I'm really proud of, that the one we just did at Behavior, it's Behavior Beyond. It's something that many publishers did before having like this showcase to present your game. But at Behavior, like it's a 30-year-old company. We did a lot of work for hire. We still do. But we have Dead by Daylight, which is massive. But we've had all those other games in the pipeline. And like, okay, how do we transition from 
being this one game company to multiple game company. And putting together Behavior Beyond was, was a good experience because we had to rally the troops around that and say, okay, let's do our own show now. We have enough content, enough games to be able to do that. So for me, I was extremely proud of what the team achieved to be able to pull that show together. We had many games, great trailers in it, great speakers, all that with the reality that we are today, which is a, with a, a company the size of Behavior. Like we're not one of the big, like major publisher in the industry, but we did deliver an excellent show with excellent content. Pacing was good. It For me, I, I was on vacation at the final stretch of it and I was watching footage from my hotel room in France. And I was like, okay, that's good. It's getting together. It was really, really fun. So, and, and I, there's a second, it's when we announced For Honor. For me, For Honor will always remain dear to my heart. Uh, we <clears throat> We did that announcement in 2015 at E3, we had a live demo on stage, 4v4. And I remember when I said, I want to do a live demo on stage. People are like, you are out of your mind. Like, I'm like, well, eSport, the, the word eSport didn't exist at this point, right? No, it was like the infancy of it. Like, mm -hmm. no, I want to do it. I want to do it. Like, we cannot play live on stage. And I had to convince everybody one by one by one to say, and then, the funny thing is when the team started to jump on my side, I had the feeling to be in the in the movie 12 Angry Men. Like you have one juror. It's a it's a law movie when you have like 12 juries. One is saying it's not guilty. The 11 others saying guilty. And throughout the movie is convincing everyone to go towards not guilty. So it was a bit me saying, okay. And when, once they were on my side, they were as convinced as I was. Like, fuck yeah, we need to do that. So being able to put it out, amazing trailer, amazing speaker. So that was one. I, it was six months in the work. And after it, I have to admit, I was in the in a basement of the theater in LA. And I was I went to the restroom and I was just crying. Like the pressure just like. Yeah. And I, the emotion just got the best of me. And then I kind of stopped my tears. And, and I walked out of there. And then we celebrated as a team. But this was good. So those two were very interesting. Oh, that's amazing. I've been on both sides of that. I've cried like you just like, cause there's just so much emotion and, and I mean, your family's involved because you're out, you're, you're working so late, but I've also been on the other side where I just cried cause it was terrible. So that was good. It, it happened to me you. once. I won't, I, I won't say what it was. It was at E3. And when you think that you had the best idea in the world and like, okay, I just knocked it out of the park. Right. And it ended up like, <laughs> Oh. falling totally totally flat and like okay what happened here um you know just for the people i know what behavior beyond was it was amazing production just for the people you know watching that might not be familiar with this can you just give a, a brief background on that yeah so behavior beyond was behavior showcase of all our new games so on august 3rd that's where we presented meet your maker a new building and rating game we presented flipping misfits it's a new game coming out next month it's about combat in space, so very colorful, very fun. Uh, we announced, and we shipped, not we didn't announce, we shipped Oakton U, which is a Dead by Delight visual novel on that day. So went on, on the stage and say, available now. So that was cool. Uh, what else? And of course, we did all the details about the chapter in next chapter in Dead by Delight, which is Project W, which is our second collaboration with Resident Evil. So this is coming out on August 30th. Ooh. So it's our biggest second chapter with them. 
that we do. So it's it was a 30-minute show, which was followed by a deep dive on Meet Your Maker. Yeah, congratulations. And it's so nice to, to see it come to fruition when you were on vacation yeah. in uh in Paris. I'm sure that was that was nice. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So when the show started, like, okay, it's starting. And I was walking and I was looking at my iPhone to watch the show going on and it was fun. Good. Congrats. Thanks. Um, very cool. So so basically there's so much that I wanted to unpack there. Um, but I wanted to to kind of move on um to branding. Um, so Damage is a creative marketing agency that assists brands on better engaging consumers through gaming, esports, and streaming. So we geek out and I geek out on brand partnerships and activations. Obviously, it's what we do day in, day out. Um, and we're doing some for you. Um, but why why is marketing so important to the commercial success of a game? And, and give me an example, or can you give me an example of successful brand activation that really stayed true to the identity and personality of the game? So the game designers were, were thrilled, marketers were thrilled, and everybody kind of was on the same page. And what brand was that? Um, let me try to think. I, th I think one of the brand activations we do every year for Dead by Daylight which is we do every year we have our anniversary show in May where it's a 30 to 60 minutes long stream where we, and for us, it's one of our big moments in the year where everybody gets together. Uh, we build a set in the mindset of Dead by Daylight. We involve a lot of people from the dev team. They come on the show. They talk about all the features they do. So this is really like core to the experience and like the set, like I said, the set is branded. People are from the game. And for me, it's something that I strongly believe in those connections with players. When they show, they see the show, they see the product manager, they see the game designer, the creative director. So those are the people making the game they like. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to build that relationship. And And I think any activation that will help you build this relationship long-term with your players is important. You want to build that. I I saw a conference years and years ago. I don't remember the speaker, but they talked about the one percenter. And the one percenter is the people that are really, really big fans of something. Right. I like to think I'm a one percenter of Lego. I yeah. love Legos. The, the early adopters, you're in Sadly, you're the first one buying it. Right. People spending money on it, buying it, talking about it. Uh, getting tattoos about it. And the person, the lady was giving the, the talk, she was a Steelers fan, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and she had a tattoo of the Steelers on her ankle. Wow. And she was like, you need those people because they're core. And some say, yeah, but it's only 1%. Yes, but this 1% is the one that will irradiate the rest of the audience and mm -hmm. they will convert people. They will, Of course, they needs to have a t uh, tilting uh, a point where it's it just... Uh, move forward to have a bigger audience. But if you don't have the early adopters, you will never have the mass market. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's why I, I think like those kind of activations, I really like them and they need to be true to the brand. And when we do a, a partnership with Resident Evil or with a Sadako Rising and we have Ghostface, all those things, they are true to our brand. They are true to what we are. Like Dead by Daylight is... Uh, all of the fame of horror. So everything like we think horror is probably in Dead by Daylight. So it has to be true to the entity and which is part of the of Dead by Daylight lore. So all those activations that we do, 
they make sense and that's why they are so well accepted by the players. For me, the worst that can happen if you do something that is off your personality and off brand and it will seem fake for people and they will see through it. If it's only a money grab, people will know it and they can right. see through that kind of uh, that kind of bullshit. Yeah, particular audience. Okay, well, very cool. Um, now we're going to enter into what we call damage per second. It's a speed interview with uh, wow. several fun facts. You ready? I, you say I talk a lot. I don't know how fast I can go. <laughs> if you could play one game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Tetris. Tetris. Oh, I just was talking about that with somebody. I was obsessed uh, with that 20 years ago. Um, I'm still obsessed with it. Are you? God, I haven't played that in years. I want to go play it. Um, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Oh, that I take care of people. Who do you take care of? For me, it's, I try, people used to call me Papa Luke at Hubie because I'm trying to take, take care of people around me. People, I, people I love, my family, my team. I want them to be good. I want them to feel good. I don't want them to. Yeah, sometimes as a manager, you have to put some pressure. But for me, I like when I see someone is not feeling good, I it really hurts me. Right. Okay. I love it. Uh, if money was no object, Papa Luke, what would your dream restaurant be to eat at? Unlimited money to spend, but you got to spend it on this meal. Sushi. Which which sushi place? Oh boy, I don't know. There was one place I went to the at in LA with the producer of Avatar. The place looked a nice cool cafeteria. And like it's you come in, it's like they tell you we have no California roll here, and it just they bring you food. Oh what did that was uh Yashimoto? What is it called? I, I don't remember the name. Okay. I remember the bill though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know what I, I know what you're talking about but um I actually think I had a I had one of my first dates in my 20s and I took her there thinking I was going to impress her and the bill was more than I made in a month it was crazy so um but I'm with you on the sushi favorite meal Mexican my favorite second favorite oh, I love um, Mexican as well there's uh, a in, there's a place you near can't the have LACC. any good Mexican food in Canada though come on uh, in near the LACC in, in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, a really good place. There's like three of those places in LA. I took my family there four years ago when I was in LA. What's it called? Do you know? I don't remember the name. I always have to look it up because I never remember. I'm bad with names. Okay, cool. I want to know. Um, if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Get in shape. And stay in shape? Yeah, because uh, no, I am in shape. You are, but I used to weigh nearly 300 pounds. Oh, uh, four years ago, and I had a bariatric surgery, and I got, that's when I got into running, and now I run a lot. And uh, but back in the day, I think I could have said save money, but uh, no, it's get in shape because for me, yeah, I was out of shape for a very long time, and and I, I think it's we get in shape and save money. <laughs> it will be both. <laughs> All right, two two things you tell your 18 years. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's why it's. I know that you value running and that you're 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 avid workouts. So, um, I can see why that you 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 know treasure those now. Okay, last one. If you could have dinner with any historical figure, live or dead, who would you choose? Celine Dion. What? Oh, I gotta hear this explanation. 
I know it's you know it's very easy. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay, I'm from Montreal, Quebec. I'm from Quebec. Okay. Uh, in Quebec, we are a the French minority in North America. So nobody picked up. I have an accent because I'm French speaking. I'm yeah. not French. I'm French Canadian. I can hear that accent a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> and we we don't have a lot of people from Quebec who made it outside Quebec. Okay. Because because of the language, because uh, in Quebec, we don't have this grandiose goal of running the world and and famous in Hollywood. Exactly, exactly. Because we speak French. And Celine Dion, when she became famous, I remember being in Turkey with my best buddy in the hotel room and hearing Celine Dion. I remember going to Tokyo in, I think, 2000. In a bar, it rings Celine Dion. And for me, I was always proud that, fuck, someone from Quebec made it <laughs> outside. There's a bunch of famous Canadians, like Jim Carrey is Canadian. And uh, uh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, the one I was looking for, is Canadian. Uh, there's a what bunch if- of Canadians who are famous. And people yeah. don't know that they're Canadian. And sometimes I don't even know they are Canadian. Like Alanis Morissette, Avril Lavigne, they're, they're all Canadians. But right. from Quebec, I could have said Wayne Gretzky, by the way, because I love hockey and he's Canadian. Solid. But yeah. I had the chance to meet a lot of movie directors like J.J. Abrams, James Cameron, Steven Spielberg. Um, Some big names. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of the work I've done in the in the past. Right. And... So it's, and I had lunch with some of them and they're nice people. And that's when I got one of my best advice that John Landau, the producer of Avatar gave me. And it's all about quality. We're having dinner and one of the guys said, we cannot do that. It was like, why? Mm -hmm. Why? And what I got from that is you should always strive for the highest quality possible and look at the roadblocks and try to tear them down one by one to get to that level of quality and do not accept like nothing less than what you, you want to achieve. So like, okay, that's, that was a very good advice he gave that night and it stayed with me for like until today at least. Right. So three things you would tell your 18 year old self, stay in shape, save money and always, always make things happen. Yep. Worry about the color. Um, perfect. Well, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this episode of Damage Assessment. We hope you found this information insightful, and we appreciate your time. Thank you, Luke, for doing some damage today and uh, sharing your valuable thoughts and expertise. Behavior recently launched Hooked on You, a dating simulator based on the Dead by Daylight universe, as well as uh, several upcoming titles, including Meet Your Maker, Jurassic World Primal Ops, and Flippin' Misfits. Thank you so much for watching. And thank you again, Luke. We appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks for watching this episode of our Damage Assessment Podcast. If you have any further questions about how your brand can better position itself to consumers through gaming, esports, and streaming, or would like more industry insights, be sure to follow us on all podcast streaming services and visit damagecreative.com to sign up for our digital newsletter.